This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Wall Street Coach podcast with me, Kim Ann Curtin and Lucas Peterson. How are you today, Lucas? I'm doing really well, Kim. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Today is January 20th. So our it's inauguration day. It's also Tim Bowen's birthday, which we <laughs> celebrated yesterday. And uh, or this morning feels like yesterday, but it's only been a couple of hours. Um, but, but, you know, it just feels like... Uh, Fresh administration, um, definitely curious how it'll all unfold. Uh, I can't pretend like I'm not happy there's a new administration. If any of you people watch me normally, you probably could guess that I probably would be more of a fan of somebody that was not the other president that we just uh, had and said goodbye to. So on that note, uh, you know, the markets, how are the markets responding so far to President Joe Biden? Uh, yeah, they seem to generally be all trending up pretty quickly. There was a little dip right before the inauguration uh, and then mm -hmm. kind of just has just been an upward trend since then. So uh, that could be a reflection of what has happened. It usually is um, in the world. But yeah. Uh, yep. yeah, I think, you know, the markets love predictability and stability. Um, yeah. And so it seems to be, as of right now, just continuing the bull run, but yep. we'll see. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out soon enough. Um, you know, this morning, I, I'm uh, five hours behind East Coast time, so it's tricky for me uh, early morning, especially when we record the Study Trade podcast, which usually we record about either 5.30, uh, 6.30 a.m. Hawaii time or uh, 7.30 a.m. Hawaii time. So I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> peeked in on the markets yet. So I was kind of curious. So I'm glad you're keeping an eye on for yeah, me. Yeah. Plus you're two hours ahead of me being in California. Yeah. So that it's a little easier to get up at, at 5 a.m. here than it is to get up at 3 a.m. in Hawaii. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of tricky. <laughs> it is kind of tricky. Although last night for some reason I couldn't sleep and I was almost up till 3 a.m. So I probably should have just put up, put up the system <laughs> and see where the market was. Yeah, um, you could have saw a gap up this morning. So <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So we, today we're going to talk, you know, Brian Lee, uh, is uh, an amazing trader and a friend and uh, a very nice fan of our podcast. And he put out a tweet the other day that I wanted to talk about uh, and his Twitter handle in case you want to follow him, which I recommend highly is Brian Lee Trades uh, on Twitter. And he put out a hilarious link to TikTok uh, of a guy that's a regular on TikTok uh, and or rather YouTube doing kind of a, a montage of all the trading advisors or coaches that are showing up on TikTok right now. Yeah. Uh, I watched it and was just cracking up because some of them are really bad. I mean, one <laughs> guy literally goes on and on about all you have to do is buy when it's low and sell when it's high. And I was just like, <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous that somebody's actually putting a minute's worth of content on TikTok saying that 
unbelievable basic truth <laughs> and thinking that that's enough to the audience. Yeah. But I think it's just a further evidence of this shift towards every man, every woman doing day trading. And it felt like a, an important topic to maybe say to everybody, uh, be very careful with who it is that you're listening to, especially now if you've plowed into day trading like everybody else has on Robinhood, you want to be very, very careful about who you vet, who you put, pick as your mentor, and you have to do that by vetting them. So yeah, yeah. that's just blew me away. Did you see yeah. that clip? Yeah, yeah, I watched it after you after you uh, you sent it over, and yeah, uh, and Brian Lee, yeah, if people don't know who he is, he has some great contact, uh, his great blogs. Um, and he's mm -hmm. a super smart, super uh, down to earth guy that uh, he, he knows what he's doing. And um, it seems like from from what I, I know about him, he primarily is a short trader um, and a little more short bias. We should have Brian. We should have Brian on the podcast. Yeah, we should have Brian on sometime. That's Talk a good to idea. Him. Let's um, do that. But Brian but, is a good person to listen yeah. to. Yes, Brian For knows sure. what he's doing. <laughs> Brian knows what he's doing. And, you know, there's, and look, there are a lot of people that know what they're doing, but they're, um, and I'm, I haven't watched everybody on TikTok yet, no. uh, but I don't know that everybody that's on TikTok, TikTok, I don't even know if there's one person that knows what they're doing on TikTok. So I'm just saying like, you guys got to vet. So it's so, okay, we gave a shout out to Brian. Let's also give a shout out to Stocks to Trade, Steady Trades, Tim Bowen, uh, Stephen yeah. Johnson, who are, there's so much content that's free on YouTube, on iTunes. They've done, oh, we've done now, you know, I've been with them now for the past year and a half. They were out probably about a year, maybe a year and a half before I came on. So that's almost three years worth of content that is so incredibly valuable. Uh, Tim Sykes gives out excellent content. Yeah. Um, who's somebody else? Oh, True Trader gives out excellent content. Adriano, uh, shout out to you and Benito uh, and Dan, who's part of their uh, program. You know, there are really good people out there, people, but you got to find, you know, you can go look at any of the people I've just mentioned. But anybody that you're going to listen to, if they make it sound too easy, I promise you, they're not telling you the straight shoot shit. Yeah. Or they don't even know what they don't know, which is what <laughs> we talked about last time, right? Unconscious incompetence. There's yeah. probably plenty of those right now. So please, buyer beware. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say one thing in particular is all these people who are who who we just mentioned aren't people who are just like on Twitter or on TikTok just telling you this is the symbol to buy or whatever because people, right. they're not telling you like how to trade or what to follow a plan but like trying to teach you how and giving that's like right. advice on what they've done in the past um, and I think that's a big you can you can see in my mind it's easy to mm -hmm. see the the difference there um, if somebody's just like posts on Twitter um, I'm long five thousand shares of X Y Z. And then, you know, and then five minutes later it dumps, it's probably because they have a chat and they're pumping it and then they just tweeted it out to all the people that pay for their chat and then they exactly. short on the backside. It's exactly so you have to be aware of just yeah. all the there's a lot that goes on in, in the markets that is uh <laughs> pretty shady. So it's pretty it's, shady. Yeah. Pretty shady. And you saw the uh was it last week we were talking about this on Steady Trade 2 was the conversation. They hired Carol Baskin from Tiger Kings. To oh, yeah, do, Zomp. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, Zomp. I, it was crazy. I mean, I was in Zomp. There was no reason were not you? to be because that's, yeah, because that's, I mean, yeah, that's just yeah. how the market works right now. And yeah, and it was 
So it hit a, a billion dollars in volume. And one of the, like one of the plans that I have is if there's a few criteria and a billion, billion dollar volume, like it will almost certainly gap up the next morning. It did. And it's 20%. It's, it's, and it's based on nothing, right? Based Just because of because uh, what Petco was going public. And yeah. So there was like some, it was, that was nuts. It was that nuts. Was it's luck. dumb. <laughs> it's a crazy market right now. And this is this is another thing we want to talk about is just like the bull market makes everybody look smart, right? Like yeah, it does. It, and that's, I think, a really a difficult part for a lot of people who are short biased mm-hmm. right now is yeah. things just don't die. They should. Yep. There's no reason yep. they should be up. Yep. There's there's to- something up this me. morning. What was it? Uh, O-N, uh, OBLN. Um, they, they're just... Uh, announced a merger and they went from like 250 at the open to uh up I think the highest I saw was 1077 and it's like yeah it's a short it's a small float but it's like there's no reason and it just was grinding like it wasn't like a pop it was grinding all day oh my god what the hell this is this is why everybody you know yeah have to be cautious because if and, and even a tweet this morning that Bowen sent uh, to both Stephen and I, he's like, this guy, he just doesn't understand how it works. And, and that's, you know, I think that's the hardest part of this game is that people think it's a quick, they, they could potentially get a quick hit of making money that they can do this yeah. easy and quick and short. And um, it's just not, it's just not the way the market works. It, it may yeah. for a while, but it's not going to work like that forever. And you yeah. still have to understand what it is you're doing. Yeah. And that's that's one concern that I have for, I think, a lot of people, especially like newer traders, is like yeah. not understanding if people don't know what like a stop loss is. Um, exactly. You know, and you get in with one of these, like I was saying, like a pump and dump, and you're on the top of that. And you, just because you don't know, I mean, you could be, now you're invested in some shitty stock for, you know, that's going to be... It might go up again, but if you bought the very top of something, I mean, there's some real shitty stocks out there that were up in like 2017 that were like at $15 and now they're at one. And so wow. like, imagine if you held and they're just never, never going to reclaim that. No, never, never. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I think, you know, it, it is tempting as it probably is now more than ever because of TikTok, certainly because of Robin Hood to access to everybody is just so it's it's so easy like you just really don't have to do anything but swipe your phone and bam there you are but there are repercussions and costs and uh, that you just haven't yet realized and I we're hoping to just protect you from making those costly mistakes yes that's the bottom line yeah. at the yeah. bottom line and I think also um, it, th- this can transcend into into any topic right like um, around like a coach like like you or myself like look at who they are and like do they have do you you know have a conversation with them if you can around and to see what what they're all about and if you guys match together um i think that's that's really important and just in general in life right like you you are a combination of the people around you so that's right try to to be mindful of what those people care about and priorities, right. values, and, and their experience in, in literal form. Like I, I remember uh, Josh Brown in uh, the my book, Transforming Wall Street, in the conversation I had with him, he said, you know, he his dad had introduced him, uh, you know, to 
basically a boiler room kind of broker like and what he was doing he didn't really know it was wrong because his you know his dad introduced him to the guy and so and he saw this guy doing certain things that he was like oh i guess that's what successful people do you know like he he was so young and naive and inexperienced that he didn't have a really good ruler of what criteria to use to measure uh the people that he was being introduced to, he just thought, oh, well, they're adults or they're rich. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess they know what they're doing. And in fact, I just read um, a book uh, over the weekend from uh, Jay Michaels. He was the you know, co-founder of FUBU uh, Clothing. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he talked about the book. I got I to get the book up. Um, it was, he was talking about too, that, you know, he's a boy from Queens. He has this, uh, you know, incredible successful company. He has so much money. And he said the financial mistakes that he made thinking that he had to treat everybody like he'd have this big posse coming to a big club in New York. And he was like, Oh, I have to pay for them. Cause that's what successful people do. You know, mm. the clubs in New York city, the bottle service is like, you know, let's say it's a $50 bottle of vodka or, or even a hundred, $200 bottle of vodka. They're going to charge 2000 a bottle, yeah. you know, like just to get the table. So yeah. it's, it's the idea of like, he didn't even have anybody kind of guiding him. And he just thought, well, this is what I guess I'm supposed to do. Um, and so he just, it, it was just a fascinating story of like, oh, I see now how somebody just could easily without having the right kind of friends around you and the people around him too he gave jobs to like a friend from the neighborhood who was a big guy to be his bodyguard you know not necessarily the best bodyguard right because does that guy even know how to protect somebody like what are you looking for like there's just and this is just naivete it's not that Mm -hmm. anybody isn't smart it's just that if you don't know you don't know yeah yeah exactly I think this could be like a broader conversation around like consciousness as well. Right. It's just uh, knowing like instead of just existing and kind of like, I should go there, I should go there. Like think about like, why am I going there? Why am I doing this? Exactly. Um, And and that's more like living with intention. And so, and I think that that, if you can, if you can get to that base level, then I think everything gets a little bit easier, but that requires Uh, a lot of work and like a, little conversations in your head like why am i doing this what is this serving so true it's so true what happened is um let's just see here jay alexander michael that's his name and he wound up reading actually uh you know i uh do some work with wall street bound uh troy prince's amazing organization in new york city shout out to wall street bound if you guys don't know what they do definitely look them up uh they are all about trying to help you know urban kids uh black and brown kids get into wall street get into those front offices because they just aren't there right now they're not represented and the people at the top of the food chain say well we just don't get enough resumes from them and that is not actually true so uh wall street bound is all about really empowering and giving the skills again not just the skill set of 
what it takes to be successful as a trader in Wall Street, but also for uh, research departments, uh, administrative kind of roles. Uh, all of these are, it's a culture, right? And why, and I remember learning this too early on when I was doing research for Transforming Wall Street, the book that I wrote, uh, talking to these, so many, what I noticed early on was that so many of the people that were on Wall Street and that specifically worked on the trading floor were all kind of blue collar guys that had come from fathers who had been police officers, fathers that had been firefighters. Uh, and it was really friends of friends that got them their first opportunity. And it yeah. wasn't, it, you know, did it, I have to say, I didn't even run into, and this, you know, you figure if I'm, if I'm in my 50s, these people were probably in their 50s and 60s. Going back, it wasn't even the college you went to. It was actually who you knew and who had an opportunity. And so uh, that is part of what Troy's, you know, kind of premises around Wall Street Bound is we, we don't have those connections, these young people who are growing up in, in, in an inner city or um, in, you know, police where they don't have access to that same kind of collection of people and that keeps them from having the opportunities because it is really about who you know. Um, so during Wall Street Bound, we did, uh, there was a collaboration with St. Francis uh, College and some of these young people, we were doing a webinar and I met this amazing man who I want to give a shout out to. Um, his name is Ted McLyman, who I got to meet during Wall Street Bound uh, we did an event for the youngsters. These are all young people coming out of college looking for opportunities. And Ted and I really connected over our relationship to money and how important that is and how important that is to even those who work in Wall Street, those who work in finance. Because if, if you don't have your relationship to money re really defined and clean and not with resentment or old kind of maybe kind of, how do I describe it? It's like, it's like there are little disconnections along the money train. If your parents uh, had a certain relationship to money that you haven't cleaned up yet. And Ted and I really agreed about the importance of the relationship to money. And so he wound up sharing with me that he had uh, written a book uh, with Jay Alexander Martin called Money Makes Me Crazy, How I Squandered Millions of Dollars Building the uh, For Us, By Us Empire, FUBU. So there's wow. a cover of the book. It's, it's such a great read because you can see he was really at an early age. He even talked about when he was a little boy and he was saving up his money like like he really liked good clothing. He was really into clothing and he felt that the clothing kind of, you know, made him, made a statement for him, which I totally agree with, by the way. But then at some point, you know, he gets into the military and he had like five suits, he said, or four suits in like his trunk and he couldn't even wear them because he had to wear his <laughs> uniform. And he said, you know, I spent all this money on these suits that I couldn't even wear. And he wound up uh, meeting Ted uh, and Ted, uh, Ted, I think he wound up having a friend give uh, Ted's book to him. And when he read that book, he was like, holy crap, I have to read kind of design. What is this relationship that I have to money? What does it look like? I have to kind of pull it apart. And he wound up reaching out to Ted and saying, hey, let's write this book together uh, called Money Makes Me Crazy. Because, you know, GA was really starting to see, okay, I could have done much better with my money uh, along the way. And he, and the concept that you spoke to about how we are the average of the five people around us financially, 
professionally, personally. Uh, this is why it's so important to just be really discriminatory in the people you bring into your life by way of the example that they are living. And, yeah. and I think, you know, this is important too. There are successful people uh, that you may see around you, somebody driving a Lamborghini, somebody who seems to, you know, have uh, all the trappings of success or what is also called the golden handcuffs. Yeah. But look underneath that, because I promise you, even that conversation we have with JJ Gorilla from Confessions of a Market Maker, you know, he said, I had five of those cars in my garage, you know, the Lamborghini, the Ferrari, the Maserati, five of those in his garage. And he was in this palatial home overlooking a river, you know, this gorgeous view, and he was miserable. So not just that they have the trappings of success or what the world says is success or even what you think is success, but look behind the scenes. Like he said in that moment, he was like, does my wife even love me? Like you want to look behind just the trappings of wealth for true success. Does the person seemingly have equanimity? Does the per Is a person in a loving relationship uh, with at least their children, if not, you know, the, their, their partner? Like, do they have joy and equanimity at three o'clock in the morning when they can't sleep? And, and if they can't, like what's keeping them up? Like yeah. look underneath the, the pretty white picket fence, so to speak, and make yeah. sure that that person, because, because if you want to emulate somebody or follow in somebody's footsteps, you want, and, and I'm not saying anybody's going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. But you want to be conscious of the people you're following and what their lifestyle looks like because you will wind up creating that lifestyle for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, I think touched on a, a few things there that, uh, that people should be aware of is one, the, the idea with your relationship to money that, that is you, I think that took me a, a long time to like understand, but I was, you know, I, I like out of, out of college, I graduated and then I, started making a little bit more money than I, you know, had before. And then yep. a few years later, and it was basically the same for a few years. And it's like, what's going on? It's supposed to go up. And so I had like right. thought about it. And then it basically like doubled. And then, you know, and then, you know, and, and you have to just be aware of like, is this the, the amount of money right now that I want? Am I comfortable with this? Am I holding myself back? Like, right. what are, what are the reasons you're, you're there? And then also, yeah, looking around at the people around you because they're probably, if you, you know, work a day job, they're probably your friends that work that day job there. They may be people from college that, uh, you know, have a job that's similar to yours or, or maybe it's not that, but, uh, if you are around people that have, that have more money, I, I have noticed in my life, you tend all of a sudden, like you, your, your mind expands to the possibility of making more money. Absolutely true. And it, and it doesn't mean that I'm an advocate of kicking to the curb, no. you know, your friends who are not making bank. That's not what yeah, I'm saying yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. But it's, you got to realize that, you know, we have tribal creatures. And I think it's uh, understandable that if we're with people who have never experienced great wealth, or especially if you're a trader, the times when you can have great wealth quickly overnight, so to speak, then you potentially do run into that feeling of, will I be alienated 
from these people. If I I want to share my good news. I want to share the abundance that I have, but I also don't know if they're going to handle that well. We we don't know. Even if people love us doesn't mean they they, they don't feel jealous of us or they don't don't feel threatened by us. Um, I just remember that when I took a, a year off from drinking, just for my own body, I was working out really intensely with a trainer at the time, and he was like anti alcohol kept telling me every time I saw him three times a week, it was poison. So finally I was like, fine, Dan, I'm going to stop drinking. Not okay? wrong. Like, yeah. like, he just, he just was so like a fundamentalist about not drinking. And he was probably right. He probably still is right. But uh, that whole year, every time I walked into a restaurant or bar with my friends and I didn't have a drink, everybody would be triggered. <laughs> not yeah. You can like feel the judgment though, right? I could feel yeah. the judgment. Or I felt they thought I was judging them for drinking. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't, way. I don't drink that much, Kim. You know, I, I just have a couple of drinks, and I'm like, I don't really care how often you drink. Like, <laughs> why are you defending your drinking to me? And then other people are like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so what did you do this for? Because you have a problem. Like, like yeah. everybody had to hang it on something, and I was like, no, I actually worked out with a trainer. He really wants me to stop the booze, see what happens. But and I was just like, wow, everybody is triggered by this. So how much more, we all know that money is the biggest triggering force on the planet. How much more are people going to potentially be triggered if you suddenly do make bank or if you suddenly find yourself in a very different kind of position and lifestyle? Um, and I can think back to when I started working at the hedge when I started working at the hedge fund, um, you know, I, I also got a sign-on bonus and I can remember just my own discomfort with being able to, you know, I, of all the things, there was like a lipstick that I wanted that was very expensive. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed to say how expensive it was, but it was $40. And uh, I really wanted this lipstick for whatever reason, the color, the brand, who knows. But I remember being in a position to buy that lipstick. And in the past, I would be counting my pennies to get a $7 lipstick. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Like my yeah. whole life had shifted. And it was a little intimidating at first. And I remember wanting to not talk about it to some of my friends because I didn't know if they would judge me for spending that much on this lipstick. So. I think it's just important to realize that you are going to be impacted by that. T. Harvecker in his book, The Millionaire Mind, calls it a temperature set. We all have a temperature set around money, what feels comfortable. And if we don't look at that, we don't investigate that, open up the hood of that, then we're going to potentially be in unconscious alliance with that perspective. And that can sabotage traders. I've definitely seen that when traders are new and they find themselves perhaps making way more money they could have ever imagined, they can at times unconsciously self-sabotage to keep the tribe around them happy or yeah. because they feel like they're not worthy of that much success. Uh, and then they'll go on a losing streak to get them back to center. So just keep that in mind that, you know, have you done work on your money? I, I'm a huge fan of that book, moneyharmony.com. She has an online assessment. I've sent that to clients on occasion, which helps you understand what your money type is, which again, and so does uh, Ted. Uh, Ted's book, I can't recommend enough besides this one that he wrote with Jay, uh, his first book to uh, Ted uh, McLyman, his first book, I think his first book is called... 
uh, we'll have to get that title to you guys. We'll put that in the liner notes. But Ted's first book is the one that Jay uh, read, uh, Jay Alexander Martin. And he was like, holy crap, I really have to do some investigation around my opinion and relationship to money. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, also, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about like just the way you view your own worth and how you match up in society. Like we all just look around and, you know, you look at your neighbors, you look at uh, the people on TV and like you kind of slot yourself into these different parts. I mean, we, <laughs> we could go into a, a really long conversation about like how that plays out as far as like, race and demographics and uh, but that's a a different thing but within wealth as well you yeah if you're not aware of it like you'll just set to the default um for sure and so i think it's important to take some time and if not like journal and write down these things to at least like take like 10 15 minutes just sit and think about it um kind of meditate on the the ideas of where you are and where you want to be yeah Um, what what success means to you what does yeah. wealth mean to you? Uh, who was it recently? I don't know if it was you and I speaking about it. Maybe you told me this, Lucas, uh, where you said that money shouts, but wealth whispers. Oh, was that yeah, a so, Charlie Munger uh, quote? Uh, no, it was just, I don't know who said it, but it's uh, it money a talks, quote. but wealth whispers. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, and I think that, you know, I, I've had an unusual life personally uh, because my, you know, my parents got divorced when I was eight and I really experienced two extreme different households. So my mom was, you know, single mom struggling to make ends meet. And I had qualified for like a free lunch card in school. Uh, but my dad's lifestyle was radically different. And I had, you know, one of the things back in the eighties, the hot pair of pants for the Calvin Klein, you know, jeans. And I had a velvet, you know, a velvet Calvin Klein set of jeans, which were like, you know, my favorite pants in the world to this day. Because <laughs> um, it's just like such a big hullabaloo at the time. You still have Calvin them? <laughs> no, I really, really did try to keep them for many years though. But at some point I was never getting back into them. So I was like, I'm going to have to let them go. But God, did I love those pants. Um, you know, because they felt so cool. I felt cool in those pants, you know, in high school it's all about what makes you feel cool. Yeah, you know? exactly. And uh, so I just remember, though, because I, I, you know, sometimes I would leave certain clothes at my dad's, but I brought those pants, you know, with me back from a weekend because I wanted to wear them. And <laughs> I remember having them on when I showed the lunch lady my free lunch card. Now these were very expensive pants. Everybody would have known that probably back then, or at least this lunch lady did. (laughs) And I remember she took my card and she kind of looked me up and down like, what the hell? How can this girl afford these pants and be also giving me a free lunch card? So I think then maybe I was like 14, 15 years old. That was like, that was a critical moment for me where I really got, wow, people uh, are going to have a judgment about, you know, this and this and you and and i think i also realized early on wow they have to be they have to be in sync for people to not give you the kind of dirty look she gave me mm-hmm. um so i think because of that moment and, and lots of other stories and experiences i've had uh on both sides of the track so to speak uh it is definitely one that is worth doing some homework around. And, you know, trust me, guys, I have worked with people uh, from all sides of the 
the equation. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire. It doesn't matter if you have no home. Uh, you're going to have some stuff around money. And it's really important that you do the work uh, to understand what the default settings are that you inherited from the family that raised you uh, and their belief systems around money. So, yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah. We've talked about this as well, but like money is the number one emotional driver, like more than more than love, more than sex, more than like uh, hatred of a other another football right. team or anything. It's that's right. That one's kind of a joke, but it's it is, uh, and that's why a lot of people, especially beginners, have a difficult time trading. I think is because you know when you have to put on, uh, like if you're you know you take a, a hundred dollars and you put it on a trade, and it's like, oh shit, that's like my money. That's right. And, that's right. and like some people it freak out. Real. And, yeah, exactly. And that's why people are so good at paper trading. And when you, as soon as you put money on and the same thing happens when you start scaling up in size, you know, if so you true. get comfortable at a hundred, then you go to a thousand and then that's terrifying. And then you go to, you know, 5,000, that's terrifying. And it's, it's, it just is the same thing over and over and you have to conquer that. Or it, in my mind, it's a lot easier if you just look at the percentages as long yep. as you Agreed. keep your percentages, Agreed. then you, you take money, I mean, not out of the situation, but like yep. mentally you can shift it a little bit. So you're just looking at the percentage and you don't look at, you know, as it's going up or as it's going down, you don't look at that that's loss right. in the dollars, you look at it in the percentage. I think that's just baking into the recipe, the fact that you're going to not be rational about money once you see those dollar signs and yeah. working with the system as we're built. We're built to to be triggered and, and that saved our asses on the Serengeti back in the day, but it's yeah. not going to save you now as a trader. Um, yeah. and, that, and that concept, like you can fight City Hall, but why would you want to? Like, this is how we're built. So how do you work with that and work around that? It's like a pothole in the street. You don't drive into the pothole. You want to drive around the pothole uh, as best you can without hitting another car, you know, or another car parked in the street. But you have to be aware that those potholes are there. Um, and I think that's really important. And I, and I remember too, you know, one of the guys I interviewed also in my book was John Bogle, who was the founder of Vanguard. And uh, Bogle tells his story. He has a great book, by the way, called Enough. Uh, read this many years ago. It's a short book. Uh, his, his books are all really long, but his one book, Enough, is not that long, actually. They're like really thick books. <laughs> um, and I met, I met John Bogle. You know, this, this is just a testament to his incredible work ethic. This was a man who was, I guess, in his 90s, and I had reached out in July, uh, somewhere, maybe the end of June, July, and they said I could come in on the 4th of July to interview him. I was like, why is John Bogle, 90-year-old man who's running back on working on a weekend? I think it was a weekend. If it wasn't a weekend, it was, you know, obviously a holiday. Uh, but because this is this man loved what he did. He loved what he did. So I did, I drove to, uh, you know, the Vanguard offices from New Jersey. It was like, you know, a good three hour drive. And there he was, it was like one poor secretary and like one security guard in the whole building. You know? It was so funny. <laughs> just for um, him. <laughs> just for him. And, you know, he was just so gracious and it was just an amazing, one of my, probably one of the most amazing interviews that I did in person uh, for that book. And he, his book enough, I had read obviously in preparation for that conversation. And there's a story, the story, the reason he came up with that title 
was he's talking about uh, a party, I think, that he's at and a couple of other, you know, probably famous people, authors in, in particular, that were there, writers. And one of the billionaires at this big, you know, extravaganza was talking about, you know, all the different things that he had. Um, and this one uh, author, I I, I probably you know should know who his who he is, but it's almost irrelevant to the story. And then he said to this hedge fund manager, "Well, I have something uh, that you'll never have." And the guy's like, "Really? What's that?" And he said, "Enough." <laughs> yeah. And it was just this like whoa, powerful, powerful story that made me really like it. Just put the emphasis on how what is enough for you? And, and I guess I'm going to just ask that of our listeners now and our viewers, what does enough look like for you? And if you don't have that defined, I'd recommend you get that. Uh, because with that wealth and with that lifestyle of working hard, you, you are, there is a cost, you know, there is a cost yep. to your personal life to potentially uh, you know, your relationships with your family members, uh, relationship to downtime, like there is a cost. And, and I'm not implying that people that work a lot necessarily are paying that cost, but for them, their success is probably with the work they're doing. I, I listen, I'm part of this new app called Clubhouse, which I'm I really like if you guys can get on it too. I think right now it's invitation only, but if uh, I was on Grant Cardone's room and, and I've heard of Grant, I've you know heard his name for years, never read anything about from him, never really got to know him. But I mean, I was riveted last night in his clubhouse room. He, he hosted a room on clubhouse called the 10 X uh, room. And he, 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 he was in there, I think for four or five hours, I, I, I got in, you know, two, I think I was in there myself, two or three hours wow. till the end. And he's on East coast time. He's based in Florida. It had to be, I think by the time he finished him 1230 a night, he and his wife, plus thousands of people who are in clubhouse who are getting opportunity to pitch him, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, where else in all these centuries can you potentially pitch a multimillionaire, if not a billionaire, uh, you know, just because you yeah, clicked the, the button. The the right. yeah, it was just like crazy. But, you know, so here's this guy clearly had worked a full day. His whole team had worked a full day and they're all in this conversation to 1230 at night. Now, what I got from that last night was he loves what he does. He loves the hustle. He loves the conversations with people. He was looking for people to invest in. He was looking for people to support and encourage. He gave this one man who was like raising money to put laptops, Chrome laptops in front of like young kids who don't have the money. He gave, gifted him, I think a thousand laptops just because the guy like had the guts to raise his hand. Like this, that is a person that is working a lot, but like it's who he is. It's what makes him feel happy and joy. Seems to me, they talked a lot about like these organizations that seem to mean a lot to him of kids that don't have fathers. So I imagine this is speculation on my part that maybe that was, his experience growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like there are, and me, I, I work crazy hours and, and sometimes that's a problem. You know, I need to learn how to take more time off, but I love what I do. Yeah. Like it's what I'm born for. Right. So enough for me, enoughness isn't based on my bank account. For me, enoughness is have I touched as many people as I can? Have I given these tools to as many people as I can? 
So figure out what your enough is, people, and um, and then let me know. I'd like to know what your enough is. <laughs> How about you? What's your enough, Lucas? Ooh, I don't know. I was thinking about this recently, and it's you know uh, the the biggest thing for me is like uh, healthy relationships with the people closest to me, like yeah. um, like just like truly loving and healthy uh, communicating um open like open-hearted um vulnerable like being able to be vulnerable and being safe with those people that is that's what is that's what enough is for me because then it it allows me it gives me the confidence to be that way with everyone in the world and i think that we can all use a little bit more uh you know empathy and vulnerability in the world um and we don't all have to be like we like we talk about often, we don't all have to be the biggest, the bravest, the you know the strongest, the smartest people in the room. Like it's okay to yeah. just be who yeah. you are, and I think there's a lot of beauty in that. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, For that's sure. my long-winded answer. <laughs> it's a, it was a long-winded. It was very very powerful and very succinct. I think um, it's it's a really beautiful it's really beautiful what you said, and it made me become more aware too of like how. I don't, I don't know that I probably even have been conscious of how important those relationships with those who are closest to me is. And that just makes me, in that moment you said that, it made me feel wealthier because, because I have them and because they're good and because uh, they know that I love them and I know that they love me, right? So yeah. those people that are in my life, like it just made me realize, oh, I have another another bank account over here that I didn't <laughs> even remember to check. Yeah. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like, you know? And this morning too, you know, it was uh, Tim Bowen's birthday. So on the Steady Trade podcast, which I'm a co-host of, if you guys don't know that, check me out over there on the Steady Trade platform. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to, give uh, Tim was a sense of like the impact he's had. So this amazing company called Tribute does these collected collections of videos. You record a minute of yourself uh, saying thank you to the person or wishing them a happy birthday for whatever special occasion it is. And then they put them all together. You can help edit them and put pictures in. It's a really amazing platform, especially in coronavirus time. It's a, it's a great way to honor somebody if you can't be there in person. Um, so if anyway, we, we, you know, I sent this out, uh, Shay, the amazing wonder woman at stocks to trade, sent it out to some of the traders that, you know, Tim has worked with over the years and they all recorded these amazing one minute snippets of them showing so much gratitude to him. So we were interviewing Stephen and I interviewed him this morning for his birthday, you know, put him in the hot seat and said, for your birthday, we're going to talk to you about you. And there's this one moment where, you know, you guys have to watch the episode, but, uh, I was asking Tim just about, you know, different things that he's journeyed through in his life and what matters the most to him. And he talked about being a contribution. And then he wound up telling the story about when he was a little league coach, uh, how there was this young man there who, you know, mom would drop him off and not even say hello to the coach, like, you know, basically just not a big presence in his life. And it was, you know, he showed up throwing the ball with the mitt because he really had no idea how to play. No idea how to play. And he said, by the end of the season, you know, we won the championship. It was just, everybody's happy. And the kid's like, what time is practice tomorrow? Mm. 
And Tim's like, oh, no, honey, we're done, like, for the season. And the kid just was so upset and so disappointed. And Tim told the story and was choked up by remembering this incident with this boy, uh, you know, and started to get really emotional because he just could remember what that was like for this kid. And, and, and yet, you know, I was trying to say, like, all those months prior, you changed that boy's life, even if it didn't get to continue through the summer. You yeah. still had this huge impact on him. So that is wealth, in my opinion, right? Yeah, the wealth absolutely. that he knows he changed that boy's life. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, yeah. I think that we can kind of bring that back to like, I don't know, pay attention to who your teachers are, right? Yes. And like, what do they, yes. what do they provide to the world? Are they, what That's are the, right. what is in it for them? Like, That's right. you know, are they doing it just to get your money or are they That's doing right. it because they're passionate about what they're doing and they want to share their knowledge with others. Correct. Or their ego. Like it are, yeah, you know, the, and yeah, that, absolutely. And, and, you know, Grant Cardone, the little bit that I knew about him, like, you know, he seemed a little, you know, kind of very confident in himself and everything. But I'll listen, I'll tell you, listening to him last night for two or three hours in that room, I heard a man who had been through hell and back. I heard a man that gave a shit about the people. I mean, he was eating his dinner at like 9.30 at night, you know, trying to still be of support to people. And he was telling people when he couldn't be and he told people when he could. And then he'd have his team reach out to other people, help this guy with that. Let's see if we can get that. He said yes to a million podcasts to the point where I thought if I wrote him the email address he shared in that room and just said, hey, you said yes to me, he probably wouldn't even know. <laughs> but I would never do that. But I was no, tempted. No, I'm like, he probably won't even know. He said yes to like 14 podcasts in my class. Like, we can write him another time. We'll write, we'll write, I'll write him and say, I heard you say yes to 14 people. What's one? You want to say yes to five to 15? <laughs> That's funny. So, but like, I heard this guy. I didn't hear this man last night have an ego. I heard this man wanting to be a contribution to people. Uh, And so I would say vet your mentors. Do they really want to be that contribution? Um, And if they do, you know, that's then is a good mentor to follow. Yeah. 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 Great. I think we, we can, we we can wrap it up with there. Okay. That was great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we mentioned a lot of different, uh, we went in a lot of different places, it seems like today, but ultimately what we're saying is, yes, day trading is blowing up. It's on the TikTok, as Don't some of the older the people say. Don't <laughs> trust the TikToks without vetting them, vetting them, vetting them. Don't really, you got like, I, I love Ayn Rand and, uh, she has a great quote that says she took the judge not lest ye be judge quote and she turned it on its head and she says judge and prepare to be judged which Mm -hmm. i can subscribe to in this situation because (laughs) you do want to be discriminatory in the people you let into your head into your heart into your wallet and into the choices you make so vet them Make sure that these are people, you know, I I think I talked about this before that a friend of mine reached out one day because she saw an opportunity to start trading cryptocurrency on Facebook. I was just like, good God, please don't do that. (laughs) No. Like she's like, oh, but the lady's making money all the time. I'm like, nobody makes money all the time except the Bernie Madoffs of the world. And you don't want to get yourself to, and you want to study day trading? Perfect. I'll put you in touch with people, but don't be following some 
chickadee on Facebook who is probably not telling you the whole story. Yeah. And then until you like do research and understand how blockchain works, I don't think you should be throwing money at it. In general, just know what you own. Like know what you own, right? It's not that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's I mean, that's Warren Buffett's advice. Just know <laughs> what you're about to get involved with. And if you don't know it, then start to study and yeah. then get to know it. And if that's where you want to go, great. But start spend the time and energy reading the books or following the right people on YouTube to learn enough about it before you go and sink your hard-earned cash into it. Yeah. So with that closing bit of wisdom, we will wrap it up. And I ask you guys, please, if you like what we have to say today and you think it's worthy of five stars, please do that on iTunes and or YouTube. It really makes a difference, uh, believe it or not, for the rankings. Uh, and we haven't had anybody review us on iTunes in over a year, Lucas. So let's hope somebody will take right, we'll a liking to that, to that. <laughs> and uh, ask you guys to please put in the comments what you do want me to talk about. I was also thinking about maybe doing some speed coaching once in a while, uh, yeah. if not on this podcast, maybe on some other quick uh, 15 minute podcasts. So if anybody wants some speed coaching and you're a trader, uh, hit us up and let us know. Uh, info at the wallstreetcoach.com is one email you can use for sure. So uh, we'll say, you know, a hui ho for now, which is what we say in Hawaii when we say till we meet again. And is there any last words you want to say, Lucas? No, that's great. Don't trust okay. the TikTokers. Don't trust the TikTokers. <laughs> All right. Aloha, everybody. And we'll see you again next time on the Wall Street Coach. Thank you for watching. This has been the Wall Street Coach podcast with K-Man Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.